Lord. So, so we just bless the Lord for it. I, Thank God for that. I, I want to move into the word of the Lord today. Amen. I don't have much. I don't believe. But then my much and somebody else's much are two different measures of much. And so I feel like I have a little bit to share on tonight with you all that I, that I know is what the Lord is saying unto us, um, even as a people. Hallelujah. In a moment, I'm going to con- continue what I believe I started on last Wednesday. I begin to deal with in Him. I begin to deal with in Him. In Him, we live. In Him, we move. And in Him, we have our being. I begin to deal with the fact that in the name of Jesus is more than, than what we place at the end of a statement we want to put power on. You're healed in the name of Jesus. That in the name of Jesus is actually a location. It is a location, amen, from which I can live my life. Hallelujah. We, we must understand that, that we, we, by Christ, are in him. In him we live the entirety of our life. In him we move. And most importantly, in him we have our being. Everybody say, have our being. That is our actual condition. Amen. In him we have our actual condition in spite of our current condition. And in him we have a security that we could not have had we not been in him. Amen. If you remember, I dealt with the fact that being in him is like being in the building, being in this church. Amen. And, and the grace and the mercy involved with that is the fact that if God, if I am in him, If I am in this church and the Lord tells me to move forward, but I begin to move backward. But because I'm in him and because I'm in this building, the building is still moving forward while I'm moving backward. As far as God is concerned, I was moving forward the whole time. Not because of me, but because of who I'm in. If I fall in this building and the building still stands... As far did I ever fall? No, because what I'm in never fell. It's still standing. It is an eternal security. It is an eternal security that we find in Him that now gives us the opportunity to confess our being while we're yet becoming. Right? So I'm, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus right now. Yet I am becoming the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus every single day. It's called, uh, it's called sainthood. Being sanctified. I am being sanctified every day, although I'm holy right now. Because every time the Lord looks at me, he sees him. Right? And so now, as long as I understand in him I have my being. In him I have my actual condition in spite of my current condition. It allots me to move from current condition to actual condition. I can become because I know my being. Right? So in other words, if if, if I am now struggling with sin, but I understand that my being is sinlessness in him. As long as I confess my being, I can enter into my becoming. I will enter into victory over sin because I already have victory over sin before I even act it out in him. 
in him I have my being. But if I now deny my being, it now slows down my becoming. I got to get over this sin. I got to get over this addiction. I guarantee you, you're going to have a longer time getting over that sin and getting over that uh, addiction, even though you're doing it right now because you're denying your being in him. In him, you already be delivered from the sin. In him, you already be over the addiction. So now if I can by faith declare and call those things that be not as though they are, I can now enter into my, I can become what I've declared I be. Glory be to God. Somebody say, I be victorious. Excuse my subject verb agreement. Amen. That's important. We cannot be free to become without fear until we understand that it's in him we live, move, and have our being. It does not excuse not being, but it does give me the grace of becoming. Amen. It's not that I can just be what I be. I now have grace to be conformed. I mean, and I, I, because sin cut me off. Right. He cut me off from God, and God was the only one that could ever change me. So God hid himself in Christ. Right. So he could touch us because he couldn't touch us because of sin. Yes. Amen. So he hid himself in Christ. Right? It's so important that we move without fear. We have to be able to be conformed into his image without fear. Why? Because fear, where there is fear, the Bible says it this way, perfect love casteth out all fear. Right? And all of us always think, well, I got to have perfect love. No, no, no. Perfect love is the person. And fear has to be cast out. Fear never leaves. Somebody got to cast it out. And because fear is so powerful and hinders our progress in God so much, he personally casts out fear. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Who is perfect love? It's a man named Jesus. Amen. What what you got to understand is your fear of whatever you fear ain't going to leave. They got to be cast out. And the only one that can do that is love. Perfect love. Cast it out all fear. And so I want to continue in this vein of in him. Everybody say in him. In him. Acts chapter 17, verse number 27. Glory to the name of Jesus. If you got a fear of heights, it ain't going to leave. It's going to be cast out. Got to be cast out. If you got a fear of speaking in, between pe- in, in front of people, it ain't going to leave. Right? If you got a fear of being jobless, it ain't going to leave. It got to be cast out. So many times we have to be put in situations of things that we fear and then grow in our relationship with love. So we can cast out that fear. So we have to face our fears. Right? We have to face our fears. Because fears, if I continue to think, I can bring them on myself. My mind has power. If you notice the thing that you fear usually is the thing that you face. Why? Because your mind has power. That's why God has to deliver you. Because you wind up getting the fruit of your thoughts. Our mind has more power than what we have now understood. Even if it's the wrong power. Acts chapter 17. I'm going to show you this. Verse number 27. Um. 
back at the, the, the text that we dealt with on last Wednesday. It says that they should seek the Lord. If happily they might feel after him. Everybody say feel after him. Woo, that's powerful. And find him. That's a good word right there. Glory be to God. And find him though he be not far from every one of us. Come on, look at your neighbor right now and say, no matter how far you feel, he's not far away from any of us. Verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. Y'all see that? Now go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 5. And I will um, deal with this. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse number five. Hallelujah. We bless the name of Jesus on this this evening. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number five. The Bible reads, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. In burnt offering and sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume. Everybody say volume. I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offering for sin thou wouldest not. Neither had his pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. Father, we just thank you and we bless you for the word of the living God even on this day. That gives us the grace that we need to be established in the current in the current uh, faith of the living God. Lord God, we thank you that will be done on earth as it is in heaven, even on this evening. And we'll magnify your name for it. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And God's people said amen. You may be seated in the house of God. I'm going to go back to Acts chapter 17 verse 28 and point out a few things. It says, again, I'm going to reiterate that verse because it's a very, very key verse. For in him we live and move and have our being. In him is intended to be more than an eternal security. See, a lot of us... I have, we've already understand that there's an eternal security in, in the fact that I'm in him while I'm becoming. But it's also meant to be a divine ability. Right. It being in him now gives us a divine ability. Being in him makes us hypocritical if we're not supernatural. Right. If we're not functioning supernaturally, and we say we're in him, we're functioning hypocritically. Well, 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 Pastor, how can you do that? Because getting in something functions to give you the ability to do what you couldn't do had you not got in what you got in. Getting into something like a car, y'all ain't hearing me, an airplane or a bulldozer, being in that car, that airplane, or that bulldozer functions to enable us to do what we could not do if we were not in what we were in. Everybody follow what I'm saying? It's a flat out lie. It's 
flat out hypocrisy it, when if I get in a car, my car, a new 2019 or 2017, not even my car, because mine ain't new, a 2019 car, fresh off the lot, and I jump in the car and you tell me, go, go up 70 miles per hour, and I tell you I can't. There's, that's impossible for me not to be able to go 70 miles per hour because what I'm in enables me, glory be to God. Now, if I jump in an airplane and, and, and you tell me to fly, it is flat out hypocrisy for me to look at you and tell you I cannot fly because what I'm in, y'all ain't hearing me, has now enabled me to fly. We are not just in a car. Can I help you tonight? We are not just in an airplane. We're in Christ. In Christ sexual sin is broken, not struggled with. Please hear what I'm saying. It's foolish for you to say I'm struggling with sexual sin and I'm in Christ. That's as foolish as saying I can't go 50 miles per hour in a car. What you're in gives you the ability. Y'all hear what I'm saying. In Christ every generational curse is broken. Every familiar spirit is unfamiliarized. I'm fighting an unfamiliar spirit. No, in Christ you're unfamiliarized with that unfamiliar spirit. Every soul tie is untied in Christ. Every weight is lifted. Every form of discouragement is overcome if we're in Christ. And we say we're fighting pornography. If we're in Christ and we say we're struggling with depression, that's like me being in a car and now saying and claiming I'm struggling to go 25 miles per hour. If I'm in a car and I'm saying I'm struggling to go 25 miles per hour, it's, it's the only way I could be struggling is because I don't understand how to put my foot down yet. But the moment that I I learned to put my foot down, uh, going 25 miles per hour will no longer be a struggle. As soon as we understand the glory, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying, as soon as we understand the glory of being in Jesus, pornography will not be a struggle. As soon as we understand the glory of being in Jesus, breaking addiction will not be a struggle. The only reason why we struggle is because we don't know what we're in. Come on. All right. We don't know what we're in. It's in him. We move half. I'm breaking a generational curse. If you're in him, that generational curse is already broken. What are you doing trying to break something that's already broken in him? Amen. The soul's tie is severed. I got to get rid of this, but you're in him. The tie has already been severed in him. You're the one who said you were in him. Why do you keep on saying you can't go 25 miles per hour in the car? You're the one that said you're in him. Why can't you fly? You're the one that said you were in him. Come on now. That's still the freedom aspect of in him, but not the ultimate purpose of being in him. What I'm in doesn't just free me. More importantly, what I'm in empowers me. When I'm in a bulldozer, come on, I can move stuff that I couldn't move if I wasn't in a bulldozer. I can actually move up to 70 tons. By myself. In a bulldozer. Y'all know that, right? I don't need none of y'all help to move 70 tons in a bulldozer. It's in him we live, we move, and 
we have our being. Can I give you a news flash? We're not in a bulldozer. We're in Christ and in him we can do all things. See, but I need you to understand is in him you can cast out devils. You don't have to walk up the power to cast out devils. In him you can lay your hands on the sick and they recover. You don't have to tarry all night long to, to lay hands on sick and they recover. In him you can now prophesy and things come to pass. In him you can disciple in him. You can draw men to Christ. What do you mean? I'm trying to come up with the right words. I don't know what to say to people. You get in him. Stop trying to do stuff without him and then say you're in him. In him is easy. In him is easy. Right? And then you get, see what our problem is because we've been in religion so long and we don't understand that in him place and the in him dimension get up and stop crying you're so insensitive no you're in a car turn the keys and push the gas you ain't got to go no two miles an hour in a car you're in christ you don't have to struggle every week you're in christ you don't have to fight with lust every month you're in christ stop demeaning the glory of what we're in Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, in him, we live, move, and have our being. Can I help you understand something so key? If we're not living a life beyond what we can do, or if we're not doing things that we cannot do in our own strength, it's either one of two things. Either we're not in him, or either we don't know how to function in him. Because there's no way I can be in him and only still be able to do what I can do. You ask that man on the side of the road in construction if he says, I can only do what I can do after he gets in that big machine and that big scooper comes down and begins to knock down trees. But glory be to God. Because in that machinery, he can knock down. I don't care what you think I can do on my own. What I can do on my own don't matter. I'm in him. And in him, I live, move, and have my being. That means I'm going to have joy from today for the rest of my life. That means I'm People are going to hear me speak and be drawn to God. That means when I open my mouth, hearts are pierced. That means when I declare healing, healing from heaven obeys my voice on earth and is released in the earth. I am in Christ. Look at him and tell you, neighbor, you're in him. Not to hide. Come on now. He's my hiding place. That's Old Testament. Right. We don't just run and hide in Him. Come on now. In Him we live. We move. And we have our being. Our being. We're in, now this is the biggest key about that. Everybody say in Him. We're in Him to the measure we're into Him. I'm going to say that again because a lot of people say, I'm in Christ. I'm in. No, we're in Him to the measure that we're into him. We're in him to the measure that we're personally into him in devotion. Personally into him in his word. Personally into him. And I'm not going to the word because I'm trying to find an answer to a problem. Not to try to argue with you about theology. I I am not going to the word because I want to figure out if I'm right about this or find the answer for money. I'm in the word because I want to know him. No other reason why I'm in the word. I don't care if you don't believe what I say or not. I'm still going 
going for him. I, I, don't, I don't care if you didn't listen to what I said. I'm still going for him. If I preach tonight and none of you listen to anything I say and your life doesn't change at all, tomorrow I'm going to the word for him. I'm still going after him. Yes, Amen. Amen. We're into him through through passionate prayer. We're into him through passionate meditation. We're into him through passionate worship and passionate focus on accomplishing his will. If our into him is 15 minutes a day, let me help you understand something. If our into him is Sunday morning, if our into him is when I'm in trouble, what, when, what, when I need help, please hear what I'm saying. That will mirror our in him status. All right. We'll experience the power of in him to the measure we're in him. So if you're really not into him, that's how much you're going to experience the power of being in him. That's how much you're going to experience the power of walking in him, the joy of walking in him, the peace of walking in him. You can't be in him and not into him. Is there anybody in here that understands what I'm saying? God calls you into him to operate and function in the experience of in him. If we're not into him, we're wasting our in him status. That's what I came to ask you today. I just came to ask you, are you in the him? If you're in the him, you're wasting your in him status because you are not rebuking devils and in him you can. You are not praying down glory and in him you can. You are not causing people to be drawn to Jesus and in him you can. We're wasting our in him status because we don't understand into him is now actualized. In him is actualized by being in the him. I am not learning how to preach to grow this church. Nope. I'm not preaching to grow this church. I'm preaching from being in, into him. This just came out of him. And a lot of people say, well, I just wanted to be about him. But you can't be into him without being about his will because he's about his father's will. But, you know, I just want Jesus. Well, you want his will then. Because that's all he lived on earth for. In him don't mean, it being in him don't mean I just walk around trees all day. Looking up in the sky, that ain't how it works. Because zeal for his father's house consumed it. And I'm in a man who has such fire for his father's house that he's willing to fight. And, he, and he's the prince of peace. Right? Everybody say in the him. To experience in him. We got to understand that into him gives us the ability to experience our in him status. Into him gives us the ability to experience our in him status. Right? If you got a 15 15 minute devotional into him, your in him status, you'll experience about 15 minutes of it. You have a 15 minute release of joy while you listen to the song. That's how much you're in him. Your into him actualizes your in him reality. Everybody follow what I'm saying? I'm going back to Acts chapter 17. Look at this. I want to go back to it because verse 27 hits it. Go back one verse. So, so powerful. Acts 27. Acts 17 verse 27. Hallelujah. It says here that they should seek the Lord. See, you know why 
Every time we come to the house of God, it's fresh. That some of us are fresh. Right? It, that some of us are enthusiastic. That some of us are just tapped in. That, that some of us are really just going after God. Because we were never going after a good time. We had a great time on Monday, but that wasn't the target. We had an awesome time on Sunday, but that was never not my target. My target was him. And I hit him on Sunday. I hit him on Monday. And since he's such a big target, I hit him on Wednesday night tonight, too. I'm just as excited as I was. I'm going just as I would has it been Monday or Sunday. Because my target ain't to get people to shout. My target ain't to get people to dance. My target is a man, and he's a big bullseye. We got to get our target right. We ain't here to have a good time. We're here to touch a man named Jesus. And when I understand that, I know I never have to leave untouched. Look at David tell your neighbor, get your aim right. What's this? What's this? Y'all gonna get this every week because I ain't aiming at you. I'm aiming at him. Acts chapter 17, verse 27. That they should seek the Lord. If happily they might feel after him. If happily they might feel after him and find him. Though he be not far from every one of us. Then it says, for in him we live. Move. And have a, that they should seek the Lord if they might feel after him and find him, which is directly connected to in him we live, move, and have our being. We live in him to the measure we're pursuing him. Right. See, see, seek after the Lord. Feel after him. I don't just do a devotional after him. I do a devotional until I feel something. I don't, I don't just go to church. My God, I'm going to be up in here until I feel something. I don't just have prayer. I am going to pray until I feel something. I'm not just going to lift my hands and praise. I'm going to lift my hands and praise until I feel. That lets me know that every time I go after him, something should happen to me. Every time I say thank you, something should happen to me. Every time I sing, something should happen to me. Every time I pray, something should happen to me. And to religion teaches us to do the act, but don't look for the feel. It ain't about feeling. But you still should feel something. My God, I feel something tonight. I feel the power of God tonight. I feel the anointing to transform lives. I don't know what you feel, but I ain't come here to come and leave without being touched by something. My God, feel after him. My God, sing and close your eyes until the wind, you feel the wind. My God, dance until you feel the spirit of the Lord. There has to be a feeling. I got to feel him because in him, when I feel him, I know I'm there in him. Oh, glory be to God. And I'll tell you, it gets better and better. Sometimes when you first start learning how to feel after him, it might take 30 minutes. But when you really start feeling after him for real, before you can get in the prayer closet, you can feel it here. Goosebumps are on you. You're getting hot. You're getting charges through your spirit because you hear God calling you. 
We are to feel after him. I ain't doing church I don't feel. I'm going to tell you right now. I ain't doing nobody favors and going to their church just because it's their church. I got to feel God. I want to feel him. Amen. We must feel after him. And we're in him to the degree, watch this, we're in him um, to the degree we're into him through pursuing him. We're in him to the degree we're into him through pursuing him. How much you pursue him? That's how much you're in him. Not technically, but experientially. Technically, you're all the way in. But how much of that you experienced hinges on how much you're into. You got it all, but you ain't going to experience it all. Not without being into him. Everybody find what I'm saying? I don't want to live off technicalities. I want to have the experience. We must remember that in him doesn't just secure us from failure, but also empowers us for service. Hallelujah. Why did God said the works that I do shall you do? How can you tell me to do your works? Because you're in me. I can expect you to do what I do if you're in me when you're doing it. How in the world? Y'all ever ask this question? How in the world can you expect a tree that it ain't even the season to bear fruit? To bear fruit. And when that tree doesn't bear fruit, when it ain't supposed to, he curses it. Why in the world would he do that unless we are like trees planted by rivers of living water. And when the Lord of the harvest shows up, we don't wait for a time of harvest. Harvest is when he, if I'm here, it needs to be something that comes out. If, I, if you're a tree, goer, I don't care if you it ain't the time or the season. I don't care if you're going through hell. I don't care. Glory be to God. If you're having problems on your job, I don't care if your money's funny. I don't care if your honey ain't right. If Jesus shows up, my God, you still going to sit there and be bare? Something ought to come out of you when I try. I'm the Lord of the harvest. I don't care what season you in. Something ought to come out when I show up. That's our issue. And trees that don't know how to respond to presence wind up being cursed at the root. If presence can't make you live, nothing can. If, 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 I don't care if we didn't preach about your issue. Presence came. Where your fruit at? Don't give me no, it ain't my season. I am that I am is here. Don't give me it ain't my season. He who was, is, and is to come. I don't want to hear that. Don't give me what you're going through. My presence is here. I want some fruit. I want some joy. I want some peace. I want some love. I'll, my presence is here. Where's 
my fruit. My God, I'm here to tell you right now, some of you aren't in your season, but God's saying, give me some fruit. Some of you aren't in your season in your marriage, give me some fruit. Some of you aren't in your season in your finances. God is saying, where is my fruit? Because my presence. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give me my fruit. You don't wait for times when the timeless one is here. How you gonna wait for a time and I'm the one who created it and I'm here? I figured out he can get fruit from me anytime he wants. God, I'm pumping gas, but my God, I feel your presence. Let me go ahead and get here. God, I am knocking on this person's door and I hear him coming, but I gotta turn around for a minute because I feel your presence and I gotta lift my hands. These folk might look at me like I'm crazy, but I feel the Lord of Harvest. Okay, what time it is? The roots are bad when you can't respond. Something is bad with what see what 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 ground you were sown in. That's a whole nother message. Watch this. We're in him to the degree that we're into him. And I want to be able to give him fruit anytime by presence, right? Hebrews chapter ten, verse number five. Can, can I help y'all understand that it is not technically glorious from the revival's community natural season yet? It ain't even our natural season yet. But God wants. He wants fruit. It ain't our natural season. Amen. But presence is here. Acts chapter 10, verse number 5. Okay, I mean, Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 5. Watch this. Very, very powerful. It says here, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. Y'all see that? Verse 6, In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume, remember I say volume, <clears throat> of the book, it is written of me to do thy will. Can I help y'all understand something that literally blew my mind as I began to hear this, and the Lord began to speak this to me over this past week, week or so. God's ultimate will for our life isn't sacrifice and offering. Not necessarily even just the sacrifice of, of sacrifice of offering for sin, but the sacrifice and offering of praise isn't our ultimate destiny. It, sacrifice of offering and praise has a purpose. Watch this. God's ultimate will for our life isn't sacrifice and offering. God's will for our life is value. Sacrifice and offering you don't want. But I come in the volume of the book to do thy will. Sacrifice and offering outside of being connected to volume can't fulfill will. Right. Everybody still understand what I'm saying? So God's will for our lives is value. Everybody say value. value. 
Now, the, the, the Greek word for volume is actually an Old Testament. He, he is actually quoting Psalm 40. Actually, from a psalm, too, as well. It's, it's from Psalm 40. So the, the Greek word for volume actually means knob. It means head. In, in older times, watch this, the, the, the books were rolled up like a scroll. They were rolled up like a scroll, and then they had the strings, and then they had the knob at the top that would have to now be somehow maneuvered to loosen the whole scroll so it could be spread out and read. The Lord began to deal with me from value from another person. I know exactly what it means. But I, I, I know when I hear the Spirit of the Lord, and I believe one thing, let me say this, because I'm so tired of people who think naturally minded. The only way we can know the meaning of what he was saying was if we find out the culture then. Because he was speaking in terms of that culture. No, he was speaking to every generation. He knew what the word would mean in our culture when he said it. He, oh, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Our problem is how you going to try to minimize it to his times? No, no, no. That word, he knew how we were going to see value when he said value back then. And I'm not a Hebrew. He said, I speak to those afar off. He was speaking to me. He was speaking to you. I need y'all to understand that so you won't let religious folk who will never tap into the power of the Bible place limits on how you now are able to hear the Spirit speak. Now, I'm not saying just try to come up with something catchy. you got to hear the Spirit speak. Amen? God began to deal with me in volume according to math. Right? Right? Volume in math. Measures capacity. Capacity is the measure of the amount of space inside a solid figure. It's how much space that is made that something else can come from the outside and be placed on the inside of that solid figure. Thou hast prepared for me a body. We are the body of Christ. I come in the value, capacity of the book, therefore qualifying me to do thy will. Jesus gives us grace to do the Father's will by giving us value or increasing our capacity, making more room in our body for him. It's See, this is what we got to understand. He's talk, I'm here to tell you right now, the Spirit of the Lord is decreeing and declaring to us, He has increased our value. He has made more space in us for Him, because that's the only way His will can be accomplished. It's not us making more room for God. That ain't what I'm talking about. You miss me right there. It is not us making more room for God. It's God making room in us for Himself, because we'll never within our own strength or desire make enough room for God, because God wants it all. I want all of your heart.
heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. And he knows how much room he needs to be able to come in like he wants to come in. He knows how big our passion must be. He knows how big our devotion must be for him to fit. And so now the anointing of adulation is an outpouring of increased value. It is an outpouring of increased capacity or hunger for God, desire for God, focus on God, intensity in prayer. Glory be to God. Our capacity, our value as a people for praise has increased. Our capacity, our value for worship has increased. Our capacity, our value for the word has increased. It has been enlarged. Our value, value for seeing his will accomplished has increased because the anointing of adulation is God making more room in us for him, not us through work trying to make more room for God. See, I need y'all to understand that right now because some people still try to use law and say, I'm going to read the Bible here. And, and, and you have nothing, you have not benefited from this outpouring. I'm going to pray during this time. You have not benefited from this outpouring. I'm going I'm going to seek God at this time. I'm going to keep my schedule. And God was increasing capacity. You know what God does when he increases capacity? Let me let me show you something right here. This is what God does. You you got here. Just give me it all. You got here this. Everybody say increased capacity. Now now right here I have two balloons. I have here two balloons with two different capacities. Give me the other balloons. One of the balloons have a nine-inch capacity. The other balloon has a 20-inch capacity. What, what, what God does is, y'all see those two balloons? Don't they look pretty? Don't they look nice? They represent two different capacities. So then you have people who have come in with this capacity when they had through adulation the ability to have this capacity. And so now since God released glory on Sunday and since God now has released glory on Monday, those with this capacity can't do this. There isn't really joy, it's just me going through the motions. Y'all miss what I just said. It ain't really a service of joy. I just know I need to be here and I need to add because my capacity is wrong. But if your capacity is what it should have been after God poured everything he poured, you would be in here with a smile, sore knees and all, ankles hurting and all, tired, body tired and all, hungry and all. Your problem ain't we the church too much. Your problem is your capacity is too small. You're still eating from the children's menu and adulation has supersized us. And so now I got to preach with fire to get you going because you're here. It's a capacity problem. And so... What God does, let me see these. What God does is says, all right, you, you want to grow? This is what I'm going to do. You want to increase your capacity? I'm going to pour out adulation. I'm going to increase your capacity. 
and, and, and my God, this feels good. My God, I feel like praying like I never prayed. I feel like praising like I never prayed. I want God. I want his will, but I'm being stretched. You still want more, don't you? You want more capacity? Okay. I felt the wind of God. My God, this is good. Another night, another knockdown, drag out service, but I'm tired right now. I even overslept a little bit for work, but the move of God is here. I, do you want more? I want more. I do. I want, okay. All right, all right fine. I'm going to give you more. And, and, and the problem is, all right, watch this. Oh my God, ain't nothing like this. This is the glory. This is the, this is the power of God. I'm being blessed by this. We ain't never been in nothing like this. None of us have ever been in nothing like this. But I'm going to be honest with you, it's stretching me. I've been giving more than I ever give. I've had less time for me. I haven't been able to do what I normally do. But this now is good. And, and God says, okay, okay. But the problem is, I didn't call you to this capacity. I called you to that capacity. Well, God, how am I going to get there? Come on. You want more? <laughs> God, I'm getting uncomfortable. God, this is starting to hurt. God, I'm having fires, but I'm feeling you pouring and still calling me. God, what's wrong with this? Do you want more? God, increase my capacity. Capacity ain't feeling what you are. Capacity is moving to the next level. Do you really want me to increase your capacity? Okay, okay, I will. God, everything fell apart. Welcome to the next level. Y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? God, you increase me, you increase me, you increase me. Guess what? You can go to the next size now. But if you don't go to the next size, I'm here to tell you right now, you're going to have to mortify some flesh. You're going to have to die daily. You're going to have to learn how to go when you don't feel like going. If you go... Increase my capacity. Are you ready to pop? God, increase my capacity. Are you ready for some things to go in different directions? Most of us don't want increased capacity. We just want God to fill the balloon we already got. And so what happens so many times is this is what many of you are doing. Because you ain't really shift capacity. You still got your prayer in your same routine. You still got your praise in your same routine. You still got your Bible study in your same routine. So all you did was do this. Ooh, that was good. That was good. Then you let it out to go back to your routine. All right, Pastor. Pastor, we need a fresh wind from heaven. I don't feel it tonight, but man, when Pastor gets to preach, okay? I felt that, that the power of God. Glory be to God. But I ain't changing my capacity. I ain't changing my prayer life. I, I am not getting more into him. So that goes out again. And then I'm breathed up again. Then I go through hell. I let it out again. And after all this glory from 2018 to now, you're still the same size. Some of you are still the same. I ain't talking, glory be to God. I ain't talking about what you experience. I'm talking about what you can carry. God is trying to come in the value. 
He's trying to make more space in us. And if he's going to make more space in us, he don't mind bursting wineskins. I'm here to tell you right now, he's in the wineskin busting business. Boy, I wish this would have been like Monday. Ah! It ain't like that when you understand God about to pop you. Nobody want to dance over being popped, but you're going to go to the next level. Once I'm popped, I can go to the next size. So now, it's like, man, I went through all that, but look at what you get. You get the next size. Your capacity was increased. Look at that. Now... Every time we come in here, it ain't just Pastor. It ain't just Wild Woman Tasha. It ain't just Shelby. It ain't just Danielle. But I'm in there with you. I'm giving God. I got a capacity. I don't care if we just have Sunday morning. I got a capacity that's bigger. And guess what? I'm going to tell you what God is going to do right now. I'm here to tell you right now. He ain't done increasing our capacity. Guess what he going to do with this smiley face? He going to blow it. Man, look here. If you could take all that, I don't know if you need to pop. I just say, you're glorious. Hallelujah. Y'all about, y'all about to miss this point. Hey, this is a, this is a mighty man of God. <laughs> he don't need to go to another level. He could. For the sake of, I'm going to do this thing. Y'all give me a minute. attention. Next time I see you strand, I'm going to come over there and blow a balloon and bust it in your ear. <laughs> Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I know what to do now. You, you good. You good. You good. Listen. Listen. That's what God does. What does God go after that? He goes the hot air balloon. You got to go every, there is another level. There is another capacity. That's what I'm trying to get at. He comes in the value of the book. And so many times we look at what's busted and we get down and try to get it, put it back together. And God is saying, no, that was only for a time and a season. But the capacity I'm calling you to, that can't hold it no more. It could hold this air. But now you go into hot air balloon status. And I'm, glory be to God, I'm putting fire on you right now. And there's air that is burning, that is flying up into you right now. And there's no way you can put that balloon back together and it handle the glory that's falling right now. There is an anointing of adulation that's falling in this place right now. And I'm here to tell you that it's hot air. Amen. Our capacity level will continue to increase until a kingdom expression is conceived in us 
which is a volume level called the whole book. Please follow what I'm saying. Our capacity level will continue to increase until a kingdom expression is conceived in us, which is a volume level called the whole book. Behold, I come in the volume of the book. The Lord will continue to increase our capacity until we want the whole book. Please hear what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Our capacity ain't big enough until we want the whole book. Everything that the angels did and interacted with men in the Old Testament until we want to interact with angels like Jacob did and saw ladders, like Abraham did and got the promise of Isaac, then we have not gotten the whole book until we want the whole book, until we want signs, wonders, and miracles like are written in the whole book. Our capacity is not big enough yet until we want the whole book, until we want times of the glory falling where man cannot stand. I say you lay down. I'm telling you something took you down because the weight of the glory until we want the whole book, until we want lightnings and thunders, until we want blinded eyes open and the lame being healed, until we want the whole book, our capacity ain't big enough yet. Our volume is too small. Our volume has to be the whole book. Your volume is how much of the book you really want. God, I want the whole book. Your capacity don't prove it. Your Oprah watching don't prove it. Your miscellaneous time don't prove it. You need more capacity. You don't want it bad enough yet. God is trying to raise up a people with enough volume that want the whole book. I want every miracle in the whole book. I want my children to walk in the power of the whole book. I want the Abrahamic promise over my family like the whole book. I want to see God heal like the whole book. I want to see demons flee like the whole book. Amen. We are yet to experience the whole book because we don't have a capacity that desires the whole book. Is that true? It's very much true. Right? We are not at a volume level that carries passion for the whole book. We're not called to learn the whole book. We're called to desire and hunger to experience the whole book. And God is going to raise up a people with enough capacity for him that actually enter a volume level called the whole book. No, no, don't sit up there. I don't want that. I want the whole book. I, I, don't, I don't want just a prayer service. I want prayer where buildings get shaken. I want the whole book. You know, you hear what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want healing services where people just get healed of colds. I want people to start bringing folks on in mass. And in wheelchairs, I want the whole book. And see, that sounds crazy to us because we really don't want the whole book. But God is 
raising up a people that are going. He's bringing in volume through the anointing of adulation. He's increasing the capacity in a people that say, I am not settling for tradition. I am not settling for a good church service. I am not settling for good choreographed dance, nor am I settling for good sounding choirs. That was not in this book. This book said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. I want the book. And my name they shall lay hands on sick and they recover. You can take your powerlessness. I want the book. Capacity increases a desire for the whole. The kingdom is coming. Kingdom can never be expressed outside of a capacity. A value. You can never experience what you really don't want. And religion teaches you how to fake want. We want you more than anything. And then go home and do everything else. And actually fool ourselves with our act. Because we've learned how to do religion so good. The kingdom is within us. Right? Do you Do you understand this? This is so so crazy. Do you understand that Christianity ain't to find out what works for you? That's why Christians are so powerless and so menial and so sub because we actually come, I need to get a word to figure out something to work for me. He did not call you to come here to get a word to figure out what can work for you. I, that worked for you, but that don't work. I got to find out what worked for me. I got to find out what, man, this book works for everybody. This one book and everything in this book works for everybody. You don't need a whole, a different potion. You don't need nobody to stir it up. This book works for everybody. You are not called here to come to figure out what works so you can cope with life. You are called here to be equipped to destroy the works of the devil. It ain't about what works for you. Who cares that you can actually go through a whole week without wanting to quit? That ain't what this book is for. This book is to give you the power to destroy. I don't care if it works. That don't work. Even if it works for you, it don't work. That ain't what this book is for. That's not the volume of the book. You can take a pill for that. You go to counseling for that. It's not this book. Watch this. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Y'all hear that? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Kingdom and will are tied together. Behold, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy. Volume and will are tied together. Kingdom and will are tied together. Volume and will are tied together. So the kingdom has come to the measure that our capacity for Jesus has increased. The more we want Jesus, the more the kingdom has advanced. Let me help you understand something real, real quick. We cannot establish the kingdom. The kingdom is already established. We can only advance what's established. We can't establish it. It's already settled in heaven. Nobody can come to earth and establish the kingdom. We can just advance the kingdom that has 
already been established. And every time you leave here wanting to pray to Jesus, guess what? The kingdom has advanced. Every time you want to read the word because you want to hear more about Jesus, the kingdom has advanced. Every time you leave here and you want to pray more, the kingdom has advanced. Every time you want to worship God more than you did before, the kingdom has advanced. It is now a desire in you that hits a desire level called all. All of my heart. All of my soul. All of my joy. All of my strength. Do you understand when our babies stand up, when they weren't standing up before in worship, that the kingdom has advanced? They want to honor God a little bit more than they did before. Every time we're stimulated to want Jesus more, we just saw the kingdom advance. That's kingdom advancement. The, the kingdom is ever-increasing capacity for Jesus that reaches a volume called the whole book. Amen? I can't wait until our capacity increases to the place. Amen. We're pe- we're so, we've so stretched ourselves physically that somebody faint because they're so going hard after God. You was going too hard. No, good. Hallelujah. God is going to keep you. Stop, stop trying to keep people within limits. Sometimes you got to go beyond limits. Wave, give them some water. The glory is here. It's all right. Amen. The kingdom, what, 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 do you, what do you think honors God more? You going hard and expressing to him until you literally lose. You lose balance. But you're saying, no, let me slay back. I'm telling you right now, he's pleased. He's pleased with that. How people say he ain't pleased with that. He sat there and was, he stood up and was pleased when Stephen got stolen. Because we have gotten so bankrupt in worship, we actually think. The kingdom is ever-increasing capacity for Jesus that releases a volume called the whole book. We advance the kingdom by inheriting a grace to increase people's capacity for Jesus. Come on. Do you ever leave here and you want to worship him more? If you do, that, that means... If through what I'm preaching, that means I've inherited authority right. to advance the kingdom. Yes, My God. Yes, when you wake up in the morning and you want to read instead of cut on the TV because of what's happening in the house of God, it is an inherited authority to advance the kingdom. When your co-worker wants to talk about the word with you instead of talk about what they used to talk about because you come in every day to work, you are now, now declaring the word of God. You're walking in joy. You're constantly talking about the goodness of God and they no longer want to talk about the co-workers. They actually want to talk about Jesus with you. You just advanced the kingdom of the living God. Every time an individual gains more capacity for the Lord. The kingdom of heaven has advanced on the inside of them. Every time we leave church saying, I've got to go back into that world, the kingdom has advanced. Every time we say, i got to study more because there's 
more in that word. The kingdom has advanced. Every time we say, I got to seek God because he says more than what I thought he was saying. The kingdom has advanced. I'm here to tell you, my job is to simply dangle meat in your face and say, look, I ain't giving you a full course meal. All I'm doing is giving you a taste so you can get a hunger and you can get a thirst and you can be filled with the fullness of God. I'm stimulating the kingdom in you. Amen. Sonship. Sonship. Hallelujah. Is by volume. Sonship is by capacity. Sonship is making room in us for the entire book. Our reward is always more capacity. God rewards the seeker with more desire to seek him. Right. Amen. Your reward is more seeking. When I seek him and find him, I want to seek him and find him. When I seek him and find him, I want to seek him and find him. When I seek him and find him, I want to seek him and find him. And once I have increased in capacity, I have authority to increase somebody else's capacity to mine. Do you understand you can make your children more hungry for the word by your hunger? Amen. You can make your children more hungry for his presence by your hunger. You can in re- release what's increased in you. If you're not taking what's increased and putting it into old wineskins and going back and living like you were before, this outpouring has, God is saying, I want more room. Right. Thank you. I made more room. I didn't ask you to give me more room. I made more room. You want to pray more, but you still watch TV the same amount of time. Right. I made more room. Thank you, Lord. you want to read more, but you're still doing what you did. I'm, I'm made. You can give me more than that. I know I came in and made the room. Right. I'm the one who poured out the adulation. I'm the one who poured out that glory. I want more. I'm here to tell you right now, God wants more. I mean, no, 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 not from me, from you, from you, from you. God wants more, and he knows you got got more to give. It'd be one thing if I asked you for $100, and and I didn't know, but it's another thing if I gave you $150 and then I asked you for $100. I know you got it because I gave it to you. You got $100. Stop saying you ain't got $100. I know you got it. I gave it to you. Stop saying you ain't got it. I know you got it. I gave it to you. Stop saying you ain't got to get up in the morning and seek me. I know you got it. I gave it to you. I increase your capacity. Watch this. And I'm closing. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 14. Hallelujah. By the time God finishes with this, Everybody that ain't the bigger balloon, I pray that you pop. I just pray that stuff just start popping off all through. Poop, 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 poop. This joke is flying everywhere. I pray that it pop. And that's going to demand suffering. That's going to demand sacrifice. That's going to demand stretching. And it's all to bring another capacity. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 14. Look at this. 
without pouring comes accountability. You can't get more and get same. How you gonna get same and you got more? Unless you didn't catch what you got. Unless it was an incomplete pass. You were a receiver that wasn't wide. You were a receiver that wasn't open. You got to know when you're a receiver and stop trying to close yourself off. Receivers are supposed to be wide open. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14. Look at this. And I'm almost done. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are what? Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he hath said before... This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. Y'all miss, do you understand the power of that? That's such a profound verse. I'm going to read it again, because it messes with the, it messes with our perspectives if we read it right. I'm going to read it. Verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Notice God's promise isn't to take sin out of our heart and our mind, but to put his law in our heart and in our mind. He doesn't necessarily initially remove sin before increasing our capacity for him. He doesn't necessarily, he does not wait until all the sin is gone before sowing the seed of the kingdom. He sows the seed of the kingdom in a mound of sin. He'll throw the seed right in there and say it's going to be like leaven. That worketh itself throughout the entirety of that law. I know that messes with your theology, but the Bible says death is swallowed up in victory. God does not remove defeat before he gives victory because victory has teeth. Victory can chew and it eats defeat. So, so what God will do is he will not remove the defeat but place victory besides defeat and tell victory now have a good job. Uh, go ahead and have you a good meal. And so what that victory begins to do is chew up all the darkness and the defeat because death is swallowed up by victory. Y'all know victory got teeth, right? We don't just claim the victory. Victory has a mouth. And it loves meals of defeat. It, it loves meals of death. Victory feeds off of darkness. Victory eats now depression. Victory eats sin. Victory eats addiction. Victory does. Victory. Do y'all know that well, I, oh, I had victory in me while I was still being defeated by alcohol but I did not know victory was eating up alcohol. Y'all, y'all you hear what I'm saying? Death is swallowed up by victory. Victory has teeth. So God says I'm just going to throw victory around the defeat and let it get fat. Right? So, so this is what we got to understand. Sin is overcome by capacity. As my capacity for Jesus increases, my capacity for sin decreases. Lust overcomes lust. 
lust, at, lust after the spirit instead of lust after the flesh. The only way you're going to ever stop lusting after the flesh is if you start lusting after the spirit. The reason why people can't stay delivered is because you try to stop sinning, but you never start loving. Passion has to replace the problem. Desire replaces the dysfunction. If there is not desire where you try to remove the dysfunction, you're going to continue to, to struggle with the dysfunction. Because God delivers us from sin by capacity. I, he gets, his desire for me gets so big, I ain't got room for nothing else. I ain't got room to lust after a woman if I wanted to. I ain't got room to, to, to think about drinking liquor if I wanted to. If there's room still there, it's because capacity is lacking. So he comes and adds volume. Why is he trying to add passion? So he can decrease your struggle. Capacity crushes sin. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Glory! Hallelujah. I'm going to do it in two weeks, and I get that I, I get that about two weeks. Right now, I know we had two services that have been hijacked. Man, look, do y'all hear what I just said? Capacity. Man, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to shout over myself. I don't care what Capacity crushes sin. There is a volume that gets so big in me from God that I ain't even got room for it. What you're struggling with, it ain't got a place to land in me. It ain't got a place to land in our heart, in our mind. God has poured out an anointing of adulation. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do it myself. Right, Psalm 40, verse number 6, and I'm closing. Psalm 40, verse 6. Hallelujah. What's going to happen when people start getting healed? And they're going to demand for us to meet the next night. And there's going to be a line that we can't finish. And they're going to demand for us to come the next night. And they're going to demand, what, what happens when it gets so big that we no longer can schedule it? Right now, what, what you got to understand is God is increasing capacities to see if we, if, are you a spectator or are you a participator in that? Are you coming to sit and hear what they need to hear or are you coming to administrate what's being released? You're being equipped right now. But there's glorious days ahead of us. I'm here to tell you right now, there's glorious days ahead of us. Psalm 40, verse 6. Look at this. Your capacity should be, your capacity is, I ain't going to say should be, it is bigger. Start operating out of your new capacity. Psalm 40, verse 6. I love this, this text, and I'm closing it. I make this point. I love this text, <clears throat> Tegan, because it gives us a part of what the psalmist said that the Hebrew writer didn't include. All right. Right? But it's so important for us to understand. 
He says in Psalm 40, verse 6, Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. This is the part that ain't in Hebrews 10. Mine ears has thou opened. Sacrifice and offering, right? Thou didst not desire. Mine ears has thou opened. Burnt offerings and sin offering hast thou not required. Verse 7, then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yeah, thy law is within my heart. Again, he says, just like the Hebrew writer, sacrifice and offering you do not want. But then he says something the Hebrew writer doesn't say. Mine ears have you opened. He said, he wasn't saying sacrifice and offering isn't something that needs to be done. It's just not what I ultimately want. It's not that God doesn't want sacrifice. He wants the sacrifice and offering. He wants the sacrifice of praise. If we understand that ain't his ultimate want. That ain't ultimately just us coming up and praising and giving God glory is not the ultimate function of the sacrifice and the offering. Without sacrifice and offering, our ears will remain unopened. Sacrifice and offering thou did not desire, mine ears hast thou opened. In other words, it was necessary to open my ears. The sacrifice and offering was not your ultimate intention. It was just necessary to position me to hear your ultimate intention. Without sacrifice and offering, we can't hear. We cannot hear what the Spirit is saying. We can only hear a sermon. We can only listen to a sermon. When your ears are not open, without that's why it's so important when we come in here to intentionally praise God. To now purposely set your heart to go all out for God. Why? Because you're having your ears open. Sacrifice and offering is what opens my ears for what's going to be said. Why do you think praise and worship comes first? Why do you think that became a tradition in the church? Because it's through sacrifice and offering. It's through worship and praise that our ears are open. And if you did not get, what I'm telling you is if you come in here and you don't give offering and sacrifice, your ears are not open. So you listen to a sermon, but you cannot hear what the Spirit is saying. As long as you listen to sermons, you learn. But when you hear what the Spirit is saying, you're transformed. That's the difference. I know you know what I preach, but it ain't done you no good. You're still the same as you were before because you heard it with unopened ears. You listened to it, but your ears weren't open because you gave no sacrifice and offering. Do you know why I go crazy when I'm in there? Because many times I hear while I'm preaching. It opens my ears to hear while I'm preaching the very word of the living God. And sometimes I'm learning it while it's coming from my lips. How do you do that? How do you learn lips first? Without, un- without open ears. So through, through worship, through us blessing, what's happening is our ears are being opened. Amen? And so some of you ain't been changed like you need to be changed. You know why? Because you ain't given sacrifice and offering. 
in an in and outpouring where sacrifice and offering is easy. Now think about how easy it is to bless God in this environment. It is so not hard. You cannot want to clap and accidentally clap. You just start moving your feet and don't even know why. It's like glory be to God. You can start bobbing your head. You can catch the young people sometimes, the ones that made up in their mind, I ain't getting into it. Oh, I forgot. Why? 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 Because it's an easy atmosphere. It's easy. Why? Because God's saying, I want to open your ears. I want to open your ears. If you're not worshiping in this easy atmosphere, I'm here to tell you right now, I don't even know what to tell you. I have, I have no answer. If you can't clap your hands in this, if you can't sing in this, if you can't bless the Lord in this, if you still that worried about how you look in front of people in this, you ain't even learning. All you can do is learn, and you probably don't even remember what was preached last week. You ain't even learning. Your ears too clogged up. When you hear, you can be transformed. You can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Do you understand what that word open means? It means to dig out. It means to dig out. Through sacrifice and offering, your ears are dug out. To dig means to turn over and remove earth. Sacrifice and offering gets earth out of your ears. You know why we need to come in here and clap? Because you come in here with earth in your ears. You come in here with work earth in your ears. You come in here with financial earth in your ears. You come in here with marital earth in your ears. You come in here with I'm sick and tired earth in your ears. You come in here with family issue earth in your ears. But as you begin to lift your hands, as you begin to shout, the Spirit of God begins to dig the earth out where you can begin to hear heaven. And you can begin to be touched by the glory of God. Worship, sacrifice, and offering are necessary to open ears. You, you, did, not, you did not hear if you did not give worship. You listened. And I guarantee your praise will be on the same schedule. Your, your study will be on the same schedule. It will be on the same capacity unless you add a law to it. Because it's illegal to grow in grace without honoring the word by faith. You can only use law because you didn't honor the word enough to have your ears open. So you got to use a rule to get what you could have got by outpouring. Please hear what I'm saying tonight. Hear what I'm saying. Amen. You already have the capacity. You already have more for God in you. You already have more prayer in you. You already have more seeking in you. You already have more desire in you. He's coming in the value. He's increasing our capacity. Amen? Amen. Psalm 40 and 6. He says, Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears have thine open. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written in me. The Psalmist went from open ear to the volume of the book. Why? 
because capacity is increased through hearing. We can, if you don't hear, you cannot increase capacity. Go home and turn on slow music all you want and see how much bigger it makes you. Go home and read the word from dusk till dawn and see if it swells your head or actually makes you a different man. See if you know more or you actually become more like him. Because hearing is the only thing that can give you capacity. It actually gives you capacity when you read. You learn through your reading because you listen when it was time for hearing. Some of you are reading and you ain't hearing. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I feel this to be a housework. Amen? Behold, I come in the volume of the book. A body thou hast prepared for me. Everybody say, God prepares the body. That's one of our problems. Man don't put the body together. We cannot come together and try. We need to come together as a body. No, he prepares it. Man can't put it together. The body's already prepared. The body isn't put together. It's already joined. Do you understand that there are parts of the body that haven't came to this church yet, but they're already joined? That when they come here, they will fit right in their place. We will not have to have a, 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 a fellowship service to make them comfortable. We will not have to have a friendship time to make them fit in. They will come and fit right in. Because the body's already joined together. The people that are joined us are already joined us. Amen? What joins us? What joins us? How do I know I'm joined to you? You know how I know I'm joined to you? We speak the same language. That you speak the same language that there be no div- divisions among you. I know we're joined because we speak the same. You know faith is a language? Faith is a language, right? What language? How do we get the language that we all speak? Through the preached word of God. Right? Through the preached word of God. Therefore, we say that which we preach. But we speak that which we hear. Right? How do... Let me say it this way, and I'm closing. But I feel like I need to touch this. It is founded upon the apostles and the prophets. Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. The the Corinthian church had a big problem. You know what their problem was? They were trying to be more known by the man they were following than they had a relationship with Jesus. Some were saying they were Apollos. Some were saying they were Paul. Some were saying they were Cephas, right? In other words, every time you talk to them, 
They wouldn't tell you anything they're hearing from God. They wouldn't tell you anything they're walking about God. They'd either tell you about their church or they would tell you about their bishop or their apostle. But as far as personal things that were happening in their life with their interaction with God, they would not tell you about because they were more connected to flesh than they were walking in spirit. Paul tries to correct this church by saying, look, I laid the foundation and another man built it thereupon. Right? One man plant, another man water, God give the increase. I laid the found, and you got to be careful how you build on it. Either you can build on it with wood, hay, and straw, or gold, silver, and precious metals. How do we stay one language? By recognizing word that's foundation. What Paul was saying was, Whatever you're going, whatever faith you're going to build, you got to build it on what I taught. Right, come on. You can't take your own ideas. You can't take what you're hearing at me preach every week and then come and say, "Well, I'm going to get my own faith." So I'm going to know whatever you're going to build, you got to build it on what's already being taught. I'm not telling. Now, if you're a wise master builder, you recognize you can't build another house for somebody. My job ain't to build your house. My job is to build the foundation. But be careful what you build on it. Because if the foundation is made out of gold and silver, don't try to put hay and straw. My God, if the foundation was laid by consecration, if the foundation was laid by seeking, if the foundation was laid by passion, and then you turn around and try to build on that, God knows we all just chill. God ain't calling everybody to go all out for him. You build it with wood, hay, and straw, and God is going to burn it up until what you try to build on it matches the foundation. What I'm telling you is, you have no right to try to build anybody's faith in this church outside of the foundation I'm laying. You're trying to teach another language. Does that make sense? What Paul was saying was, he said, look, I'm not your God, but don't, don't try to go and build no, your faith outside of what I taught. You have no right to do that unless you do it without everybody else. But if you in here, you build it on what I teach. That's right. Come on. Why? Because there is no other way that we can be joined. We're joined by language. You have no right to be teaching folk in this church another language. I thank God. If you like Joe Osteen, that's all right. But don't teach him if he don't agree with what we preach. Come on now. I love Damon Thompson, but don't dare come in here and teach nothing he's teaching that don't agree with what I done laid. <laughs> Why? Because you're going to mess up the language. Amen? We're one body by having one language, which means we need apostolic leadership. I can't build your life, but I can, I can give you what you need to build your life on. We're trying to help you tonight. Because the reason why this glory is falling is because we're finally, we're finally speaking one language. It's been so long before we got, but people are finally starting to understand, man, this church is being led apostolically. I am not calling myself an apostle by title, but I do operate apostolically. 
Amen. Bless his name. Father, we thank you. And we bless you right now. We give you the glory. We give you the honor and we give you the praise. We magnify your holy and your righteous name tonight. Lord God, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. That we hear the call for capacity. We hear the call to come into the reality of the volume of the book. And we say, Lord God, increase us. And we say, Lord God, enlarge us. And we say, Lord God, if necessary, pop us. Lord God, whatever you need to do, but we want more. Come on, I need somebody that'll cry out with me. God, increase our capacity for you. God, come in the volume of the book. God, enlarge my heart. Enlarge my mind. Enlarge my soul. Enlarge my spirit for you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I say yes to more in you. I can do more in you. I can do more in you. I can do more 